Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we introduce you to your future favorite artists today, while celebrating the people that established the foundation of this wonderful hip hop culture we live, breathe, and celebrate. Please be sure to follow Heritage Hip Hop on all social media platforms and streaming platforms as well, as we bring you great content. And today's content and interview comes from Denzel Davis, an MC from Arizona that talks about not only the truth, his truth, and his story of surviving and overcoming pain and life-threatening events to bring you great quality music and a serious, captivating story. I'll be back with the rest of my commentary after this interview, so please relax and enjoy the story which is about to take place, and I shall return. Okay, everybody, if you see that banner in front of the screen, you know you're on the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, and bam, here I go. My name is Karev. Thank you for once again joining me on the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we introduce you to your future favorite artists today, while celebrating those who have started the foundation of this hip hop culture that we live and believe in, and this is special because we give voice to the people who may not be heard. And we give voice to the people who the mainstream media may ignore. We celebrate you out there who are the artists. You are the people who you are, who are the people who are putting the best of your best out there. So if you're watching Heritage Hip Hop, hit the like button. We need to hit the algorithm. Not only that, share this video. Join us on YouTube. Let's get some comments. We're taking questions for the artists. And today. I have an artist that not only puts his life into the music, he talks from his soul. He gives you his truth. He was previously on Heritage Hip Hop, but today is something special and different. Because as he returns, not only does he come back with more music, he comes back with more of his life journey. Please introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, it's your boy Denzel Davis. What's going on? Hey, man, you know what it is, yo. We're going to celebrate this hip-hop life, and we're going to give you the respect you deserve as an artist and as a person who's out here telling the story. But how you been since the last time you've been on Heritage Hip Hop? Uh, I've been good, man. Uh, just been grinding, putting in a lot of work. You know, a couple hiccups here and there, a couple bounce backs here and there. But, yeah, other than that, you feel me? I've, I've been good. I can't complain. You feel me? I'm still breathing. I get to wake up every day. So it's yeah. a blessing. That's 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 the key to life right there is not only counting your blessings, but appreciating your blessings as well. And I want to start off very modest with you and then ramp this thing up. Um, you are a member of the hip hop culture and seeing hip hop turn 50 and you being an active contributor to the culture. How does it feel to you to see hip hop reach a milestone and where do you place yourself in the milestone? It's a beautiful thing. And, uh, I place myself, you feel me, like, I still feel like I'm in the beginning stages of my career, so, you feel me, just getting started, I'm just barely contributing to hip-hop, so I feel like I got a long way to go, but it's a beautiful milestone to see and see how long hip-hop's been going for. Yeah, I think um, where hip-hop is right now, hip-hop is in the rebirthing stage, because if you've noticed, we've had hip-hop 50s, and people have been criticizing it. We have people saying they haven't been shouted out, and they deserve it, but you have the OG saying everything that's called hip hop fifty ain't hip hop fifty. So, as an artist, what does this, what does this 
identification of what they're calling hip hop mean. When you represent a certain part of hip hop that's on the front stage while others feel like they're not being recognized, how does that make you feel? Uh, honestly, I really don't pay too much mind to it because I just feel like hip hop is universal. So a lot of the old cats, they still stuck in the old ages. You feel me? So they got to understand they got to move forward. It's a whole different generation that's taking over and that's creating music and stuff like that. So I really don't put too much effort into like trying to stress about that or really put my sense onto it. I hear you. But the sad part is it's not really a stress. It's like People are only celebrating the part of hip-hop that made white people money. And I understand that frustration because rappers have become the front stage. And that's why we have artists like you. And we have Biggie and Redman. And we got Samad Savage and, you know, all the new names that have come out, right? But yeah. there's a lot of people that get lost. And one thing about an artist, an artist never wants to get lost. An artist always wants to be remembered. What do you think is the main thing about you that people will always remember so that everything you do is like groundbreaking within itself? I feel like uh, I tell my truths in my music. You feel me? My uh, my music has a story to tell and uh, it's so relatable because you feel me? Like what I speak about, a lot of people have either gone through it or going through it or know somebody that's been through it. And just like the biggest thing with me is like, I feel like I'm an inspiration because not only I beat cancer five times, like I'm still going. Like I haven't let that stop me from doing music or getting in my path to deteriorate me or anything like that. So I feel like that's 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 probably like the two biggest things of like my my music is relatable and you feel me and just the story behind my music and what I represent. Now I feel that because as hip hop has matured, health, wellness mental health, physical health, spiritual health has been growing in the culture prominently. You said you beat cancer for the fifth time. Congratulations and thank God you're still alive. As you progress, have you seen hip-hop help you with your health or has hip-hop contributed into helping you beat the things that have tried to take you down? I feel like it's both uh, because like, I use music as therapy, I, I use music, like, you feel me, like, it helped me get through hard times, so when I'm, whenever I'm able to, like, get in a studio and record or do a song or anything like that, perform or anything like that, if I've been stressing the whole week and life got me stressed out, the minute that I get into that booth or the minute that I do a song, like, all of it just disappears for that moment. I'm just able to just vibe and have a good time. I can't even hear you, boss. Hip-hop has always taken people from dire straits in their lives to heal them mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. People use dance for physical health, for mental health, for spiritual health. People have used writing bars for mental health, spiritual health, physical health, even emotional health. As a person who overcomes and continues to triumph, you said you tell your truth in the music, what is the truth behind healing and how do you share that with the people that listen to you? Uh, to be honest, I don't like the truth behind healing. Like it just, 
it's just it's just life. You feel me? It just that's just how I look at it. It's just life. It ain't really like a certain like way you gotta heal. Everybody heals different. Everybody receives trauma different and grieve differently. So it's the same with healing. Me personally, uh, I like to keep negative things away from me. I always want to keep like a positive mindset and be appreciative of like every second that I get, every minute that I'm breathing. You feel me? The family that I have. The music that you feel me, I'm able to make the music that I'm listening to, the music that I put out. So that's really how my healing process goes. I can't speak for everybody else's though. I appreciate that because the the main thing when it comes to healing is the self. And hip hop is very protective of the self. Because when people gave the world their asses to kiss, and hip hop was getting shitted on, or the inner city was getting shitted on, sorry. People took something from what was taken away and created a genre that now controls the entire world, and that was healing. You have healed your own personal world through making music and giving somebody a better outlook of you and in turn giving somebody a better outlook of themselves. Tell me about a time somebody confessed to you that you helped them heal through your music. Uh, It had to be like... Probably like when uh, it was like my third my third round with cancer. So when I beat cancer for the third time, I actually uh, came back and I had did a show, and uh, it was a couple a uh, couple of people that was in the uh, audience. You from once I got done uh, performing and like they were congratulating me because like they was battling like something similar, but it wasn't cancer, and like they just didn't know how to like bounce back mentally and just seeing how mentally strong I was from everything that I've been through. You feel me? They was congratulating me and stuff like that. So that was definitely one of my proudest moments as well. Cause just, just all the ups and downs that you go through when you healing and just trying to get back to that point where you feel elite. And like, it's just, you got so many hurdles that you got to overcome. And then when you finally get there and then they recognize your pain and see your struggle and they able to relate to it. It's, it's a beautiful thing. That makes you a superhero brother. All superheroes don't wear capes and they don't shoot webs and fly from buildings. Superheroes are people that inspire others through their actions, their words, their deeds, and their faith. Also, their consistency. And you've been consistently dropping music. And not only just music, you've been dropping good music, as, as, um, as a matter of fact. Let's go back to one of the, um, the old interviews that we did. where You had um, the Muggsy Bogues 2. Yeah. Joint, right. And you have Fumble Me, which was the singles, right? Yeah. Which showed that not only can you stand strong against the opposition, you could also make a song that people can relate to, dance to, and even reflect on. You touch the people in so many ways, you can become not only a superhero to the people, but you can become an icon of hope to people as well. How, what does that mean to you? That means a lot. Especially, you feel me, if I'm able to change one person's life, you feel me, and get them going in the right direction and get them to understand, like, to never give up and chase whatever dreams that they got, that's what I do it for. That That's like the icing on the cake for me right there. So let's talk about the icing on the cake because the I they say the cream always rises to the top and the icing is what sweetens up, sweetens you and gets you ready for the, for the bread at the bottom, which is the, the filler. You see what I'm saying? As you've been dropping singles, it seems like you always drop a couple singles to gear up for the project. Is that still consistent? Yeah, so uh, 
we getting ready to gear up from the uh for the project uh we working on February two. So for uh people that don't know, February one is really what was my outcome and that's the what really put my name on the map. That's what really stapled me in the game and stuff. So we working on February two right now and uh we looking to drop that probably sometime next year around the summertime. It's February. What, what, February February one is out right now right. on all streaming platforms. So February one, it was just really my backstory of who I am and just the type of music that uh I pretty much carved my own lane with it. Like I didn't sound like nobody, everything was original, the lyrics was straight from the heart, like and you could just relate to it. Relatability is the key to make you a master and not just a student. Everybody says, I study this thing. I study, which makes you a student. But the goal for every student is to become a master in the end. And your story helps you become a master. What's the one thing you still study in your quest for mastery of hip-hop and of yourself? Uh, I would say the biggest thing I study is like, it's just life and what's going on in life and how to reach people. You feel me? That That's the biggest thing is like reaching people because you want people to be able to relate to your music and what you got going on, but also it be real life situations. You feel me? So I say that's the biggest thing that I study the most. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Denzel Davis, my guy from out West. And he's just said something very interesting. And now it's time for us to go to this portion of the Heritage Hip Hop podcast called Stand On Your Square. Nah, we're not even going to do stand on your square. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to build. Let's build on something you said because something that you something that you said about being truthful and telling your story and inspiration means something more to me, and I want to celebrate you in saying that. Hip-hop does not tell a lot of truth about the world, but the world dictates what hip-hop is. What do you see in the world today that continues to inspire you to write and tell your story uh it's like man really it's like i have that un underdog mentality so always being overlooked always being unappreciated and just in the world today it's a lot of that and then you feel me working hard like it's just i got a niche for that like it just i don't know what it is i can't really explain it but it's just like knowing that i'm working hard and i'm busting my ass and i'm achieving things that i set out for it to be and doing it on my own and not having to sit on my ass and wait for somebody to do it for me. So that's that's like that's what it is for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're cutting up a little bit. I don't know if you're somewhere where it's not. Um, we got a lot of service, but we got your answer. We got your answer. And the, but the, but you know what the really funny thing is to me, hip hop today is 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 watching a war going on between Israel and Palestine. Hip-hop today is looking at cyber security. Hip-hop today is looking at Bitcoin currency and the loss of paper money and physical coins. Hip-hop yeah. is not talking about that too much. Instead, it seems like people are constantly talking about the ghetto story, which is played out, honestly. Not uh, that, that is unrealistic, but it's played out because people are tired of hearing about the negative and looking for hope. What's the hope that you have in hip hop and what hope do you want to hear come from hip hop? 
Uh, the hope that I have for hip hop is that eventually when the tables turn, real music is going to make its way back. And when I say like real music, like music that can relate for generations to come. You feel me? So that that's the hope that I have. Uh, where we at right now, it, it's a slim chance for that. But you feel me? Anything is possible. And that's what we fight for, because that's what hope is. Hope and faith are the belief of things that are not seen and that have not been shown. What we know is there because of how we move and how we act. And that hope is also called artistry. And artistry lives within the people who take their time to produce. How do you produce your art? How do you take time to pick your beats? Because a lot of your beat selection is a lot better than the mainstream music that we getting force fed. Uh, with me, it's, it's a process. So, like, my producer, he'll email me a beat pack, and I'll probably sit on that beat pack for a good, like, three to four days just listening to the beats, just listening to the instrumentals, listening to how it makes me feel. Like, when I hear it, like, what vision that I have for it, like, what direction can I take it? So... Once I figure, like, the main thing out, like, okay, I could take it this direction. Okay, how can I relate to the people with this beat, with this song, on what I'm trying to create? And then when I find the content for it, then I start piecing it together. You feel me? Start working on the lyrics. So it, it's a good process. So, like, for me, like, a song, a good song, like, a good song that I feel, like, has potential, it'll take me a good, like, week on that song, just working on it, fine-tuning it, and getting it right before I take it to the studio. I see, that's a truth that people do not stand on when it comes to hip hop. Because after Jay-Z and Biggie, we had people say, I don't want to write lyrics no more. I'm going to be real. Besides Jay, Biggie, and maybe Styles P, I don't hear too many people who say, I don't write my lyrics. I just go on and just say stuff, and it ends up being hot and memorable. But for somebody to be truthful, they're taking their time to create and to be artists, not, not just producers of anything. How do you fine-tune yourself and check yourself so you're putting out the best quality product, which is your truth, and not just music that you say is truthful? I'm my biggest critic. So, like, I have a lot of music that's in the vault that a lot of people might like, but if it doesn't, like, give me that feeling of, like, this is a good song that people can relate to and it's not relatable in that moment that I'm doing it, I'm not going to put it out. Like, that's just me personally. Uh... I really like if like I'm really picky. So I've always been picky as a as a kid. So like I'm really picky when it comes to my music. I'm really picky when it comes to my wordplay. I'm really picky when it comes to the message that I'm trying to send when I when I'm actually doing the song. So I think that's what helps me a lot as well. It's just being a picky person. And I never settle. Like if I know I can go in there and make it better, I'll go back in there and make it better. Is that a product of society, you think, that people don't want to be better? They just want to do things? I think people like to take the easy way out. So, you know, like, any any chance they get, they're going to cut a corner. And when you want something, like, when you're trying to perfect something, you can't take the easy way out. Like, you got to go step by step. You got to nitpick. You got to, you feel me? You got to get in there and uh, get it done. True word spoken by a true person. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Denzel Davis, hip-hop artist, survivor, and person who inspires the world with his story. But let's go a little deeper into his story. When people listen to your music, because we talked about being true, 
What's the one truth you want them to walk away with, though, when they see you and hear you? That I've overcame a lot in my life, and I never let it get the best of me. Like, I've never gotten to the point where I let it break me down to where, like, I don't know myself. Like, I know myself. I know how to push my limits. I know, you feel me, that I could take it as far as I want to take it and just how mentally strong I am. And that's why pain is the one thing in music that we always gravitate towards. People like Tupac because he talked about pain. People like DMX because he talked about pain. Even somebody who survived, that's not passed, have not passed away. People love Scarface because he talks about pain. And pain is something everybody knows about. And you talk about surviving pain and overcoming pain. But how has pain been your greatest teacher? How does it make great music, to your opinion? It taught me a lot about life. Honestly, like, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for everything that I've been through, all the pain that I received. And uh, one thing it taught me is, like, you got to roll with the punches. You can't let it get the best of you. It's part of life. Uh, you can't avoid it. You feel me? Even if you try to avoid it, somehow, some way, it's going to find you. And if it doesn't find you, it's going to find somebody next to you. So it's a beautiful thing at the same time. And it's also ugly at the same time. But it's all about your perspective on how you see it. And me personally, like I said, I, I take it as, you feel me? I take it with a grain of sugar instead of taking it with a grain of salt. That's an interesting perspective. Because you know what? Pain is like a seed that... Once it's planted and you go through it, what comes out of it depends on how you nurture your pain. Some people say go into the pain to become stronger. Some people say pain is leaving the body that creates strength. But other people say pain is the schoolmaster that wisens you on your journey through life. We talked about you overcoming something, but because of going through pain, how do you master it so it's nothing to you and it's just a stepping tones to something bigger? through your experiences i don't uh honestly i don't believe you can master it i just feel like once you in it you feel me you kind of get your feet settled you feel me you can walk with it and just do your best with it like i don't, I don't believe in mastering and i don't believe like anybody can master pain you feel me like i feel like that's something that's just like it's just a part of life it's something that you feel me you got to go through because it's trying to teach you something that you didn't know so once you feel me, like I said, once you get comfortable with it or get settled in it, you feel me, you start understanding, like, what's going on. Then, you know, like, coming around, kind of, you feel me, how to embrace yourself for the next coming around of pain or whatever it is that you're going through. But is it part of the mastery, your art? Because through pain, we got some of the most beautiful music. We've got love songs. We got inspiration songs. People believe they can fly. People believe they found a new person. But other people have found strength and wealth. Look at the civil rights movement. That pain, you say it wasn't mastered, but a mastery of articulation, people could relate to it and give the world hope. You don't find yourself doing that? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's releasing it, you feel me? Compared to mastering it, like mastering is like trying to control something in my in my opinion, but like giving it to the world and releasing it, yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. So is the ultimate truth of music the message or the releasing of the pain to create? I feel like it's both, but more of the the releasing it. You feel me? When it gets out to the people and they can feel it, like dang, okay. 
You feel me? And it and it affects them in a way where like, okay, let me let me take a different direction on what I'm doing in life or where I'm going in life or what I'm trying to do in life. True indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, we are we have just finished the let's build portion of the interview where Giselle Davis told us more about his truth and the truth about standing strong in his in his passion, which is not only his music, but survive the life as well. And this is how we do. So back to the matter at hand, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Yo, I have an artist on here that has a bunch of dope projects. And he sent me some songs. I don't want to talk about them songs right now. <laughs> I want to go into one of the dopest projects that you may not have seen or heard. It's called Apollo. Talk to me about Apollo. How did Apollo come, come to fruition? So Apollo came when... It was around the same time I was battling, like, cancer for the third time. I wrote Apollo because I was depressed, like, extremely depressed. I was, like, on the verge of, like, almost committing suicide. Like, I didn't have no family around, no nothing. And I just woke up one day and was like, man, you got to get back to the basics. Like, music is life. Like, you've been neglecting music. Like, tell your story. Write your pain and on this pen and this past. So that's what I did. Like, that's how Apollo came and, like, it just started bringing the happiness back, started bringing the joy back for me, and just, like, it got me up out of that funk. So that's how Apollo came. And see, that kind of takes me back to the release that we talked about. Because on the Apollo project, you talk about your inner man, your spiritual man, your emotions. You talk about how people treat you. You talked about expectations and where you want to go. And that's been the plight of the black man since colonialization. And Rotten, one of my favorites, yo, Rotten is the truth. I want to talk about Rotten right now. First, <laughs> let's talk, let's let's talk about um Wicked Ways. Tell yeah. me about Wicked Ways and how that song came about. So it's just everything that I've been through growing up from police brutality to seeing family members on dope to you know, just just the struggle, just the struggle in general, and just growing up in in a toxic environment. So that's how Wicked Ways just really came about. You feel me? Shout out to uh, Shahari Joy for uh, blessing me with the hook. And uh, it was just, I had something to prove. I just had a message that I just wanted to get across to my peoples, like, you feel me, to give us some hope. Like, even though all this bullshit that we dealing with, we still got to have hope. We still got to keep our faith and we still got to keep moving forward in the direction that we want to go in life. See how the interview just goes full circle, y'all? This is not scripted. This is real journalism with a real artist. And I'm telling y'all, if y'all don't know Denzel Davis, please go to your streaming platform and check out his music. Not only that, when you like it, buy it. Because he has some quality stuff that he talks about in his music as well. And Wicked Ways is one of those songs that really talks to you about him. Like I said, the whole interview, Struggle, Pain, and Conquering. Lead a Horse to Water, though, is one of the most, most used... Um, analogies when it comes to dealing with people. What does that song mean to you when you look at where you were and where you are today? It meant a lot because where I, where I was, I was just like I said, I felt like I was stuck in a position where I, where I couldn't get out of and then you feel me just kind of just putting my head down and getting focused and just having a drive to do better and getting out of that position which was, you feel me, just overcoming the depression. You feel me? So being able to do that, it just, it, it, it was fulfilling for me. 
Fulfillment is the key to everything in life because you need a means of closure, not just a means of dealing with something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what's the point of starting a journey if it never ends? And it's the ending that takes us to our next levels. You know what I'm saying? And there's a song on here that kind of touched on that, which was Guidance. Talk to me about Guidance and how it song, that song took you to a closure moment and I left an open road of something that you were going through. It's just like you finally you finally get that closure from all the traumatic uh, experiences that, that you've been through in life. So, like, finally, you feel me, getting some type of closure from that and being able, you feel me, to close the door on that instead of always having that pop up when you're trying to move forward in life like that was that was the biggest blessing for me when it came to that song and it was just shedding light like you feel me i was finally able to get over some things that i seen in life that i seen some of my peoples go through in life that really fucked me up even though i didn't go through it personally i felt like i did because i was there for them while they was going through those moments you know those connections are tethers those are ties that bind us to people that make reality real and it makes life a substance of connected connection that i think a lot of people take for granted don't you think facts a lot of people take our music for granted don't you think facts but a lot of people tend to have opinions on something that they have never felt and that undermines the message in the music my favorite song on the project is rotten Tell me about Rotten and how that came about. It was, like I said, it was in the moment of where, like, I felt like I didn't have nobody on my side. So, and it was just God opening my eyes, like, just showing me, like, the people that I got love for don't got the same love for me. And that, you feel me, I needed to take a step back and just focus on me. And you feel me? And making sure that my well-being is good instead of putting that in somebody else's hands. You feel me? Like, you always, like, uh, the best way I could really put it is like you can't you can't put your problems on somebody else's plate and expect them to solve your problems. You got to solve your problems yourself. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that's the lesson a lot of men, young men especially, don't get in today's life because a lot of people are coddling people and not showing them the truth is you have to be your own man and not be the man somebody tells you you are. You feel me? Facts. Man, that's good. This goes on in churches. This goes on in um, groups, schools. People are not leading people. Like you said, people are not leading the horse to the water. They're leading the horse to their stable so they can be controlled. And that's why I think it's the biggest need for people to really listen to the music and not just hear the music or the melody. You feel me? Yeah. So... Going into the songs that you have sent me, Granny's Home. Uh, Granny House. Granny House. Tell me about that song because it kind of goes with some of the stuff that you talked about in the Apollo Project. So Granny House is actually uh, one of the songs that's going to be on February too. But it's also, you feel me, I wrote that song because uh, coming up in February is also my birthday, but also my granny's birthday, you feel me? So... And, like, she just been on my mind heavily. So, you feel me? When you lose somebody that you so attached to that's pretty much raised you from birth up until, like, seven years old and then they pass away. And then you watch your whole family just crumble from her passing. It's just crazy. So, that's how that song came about. It was just really just me getting it off of my chest. 
and just getting that like I felt I don't want to say it was a burden, but just getting that just getting that off of me, like pretty much getting that monkey off of my back so I could just breathe and just understand you feel me. Life is going to be OK if I make the proper decisions that I want to make for myself and put me in a direction that I need to go for myself. Do you realize that that song follows the blueprint of what makes people stars when it comes to music? I didn't realize it at the time, but like hearing it from like you and like a couple of DJs and you feel me hearing it from like my moms and like friends and stuff like that. Yeah, I realize it now. Like, do you remember all I got is you from Ghostface and what that did for him? Oh, Ghostface might have been before my era. I ain't going to lie to you. You You don't know that song, All I Got? You know that song, All Uh, I Got Is You? mm -mm. Then I think I need you to listen to that song so you can understand how powerful a song like that means. Because there's certain songs from mainstream artists and underground artists like yourself. There's certain songs that when you hear them, they touch you. All that I got is you was Ghostface telling his mother he loved her. And he talks about having m- brothers with muscular dystrophy and having to go to the neighbor's house for food because they was poor and what they went through in the house when that happened. Tupac, you know, dear mama, everybody know that. Yeah, yeah, same, definitely. Same lineage. On the underground, you got Realist Promise, Grandma's Hands. I mean, the title alone should tell you what it is. Um, it's another song whose song, uh, the title... Um, it, it, it um it leaves my mind, but it's done by Dot Bundini and Big Stomp. The reason why I bring these songs up once again is the lineage of telling that type of story is what endears you to the people because that's the relatability: love, pain, loss, sacrifice, and overcoming. I ask you this question: because you made that song and you got that, you said that monkey off your back. How did you gain clarity to make your pen and your artistry that much better since you made that song? I just felt like it took me to another level of like storytelling because like that's my biggest thing is like storytelling and just making it relatable. So like when I was able to get over that hump and finally reach that peak, I'm like, okay, yeah, we can really take it anywhere that we want to take it now. So like that was like my moment of like, yeah, I'm ready for it now. Like my pen game is lethal. Like I, I can compete with the big dogs or whoever they consider to be the big dogs. Like I can write with the best of them. That that song also reminded me of Kanye West's um Family Business, the first album he did. Okay. You remember that song? <laughs> you have but, but let's put it like this. You, that, that song is, is one of those songs that can really take you somewhere where you can appreciate the emotions of another person. We got a we got a dope producer on the line right now. Stress. This goes stress 314 on YouTube. I think you should connect with him and get some beats, bro. Stress is oh, a definitely. Monster. You know, I'm always willing to work with anybody that that's willing to work. If you got a work ethic and you willing to really work, hey, let's get it. Tap in. All right, so stress, there you go. But um, did you hear Nick Grant's new album, Sunday Dinner? I, I have not. I've been so focused on, on like, you, right? On me. Like, I ain't even had the time to listen to nobody else's music. And that's great. But when you ever have a downtime, the songs, when you replay this interview, listen to those songs and look at how masterful 
Granny's is Granny's house, you said? Yeah, it's Granny's house. Re- remember Granny's house and how it stands up to those songs as part of subject matter. And I'm telling you, that's one of the most special songs I've heard in a while since that Nick Grant album and that, and that Killer Mike album. And, and the reason why I say that is because I'm, I'm in a Twitter group and one of the guys, shout out to my dude, Mr. He says a song that talks about black people overcoming shit and family always hits his heart and adores him to the artist. And I'm telling you, that song right there, if you had a million dollars, I'll tell you, put a million dollars behind that song. I love yeah. writing, but that song right yeah. there, that's a meaningful song, bro. And I, and I wanna, Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, I want to thank you for making that song because that song is very, very important. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I, I kind of lost my words right there because I'm thinking about the song. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that, that song is that song is amazing. You know what I mean? But um, he's not only a, a crying ass dude. <laughs> I said, we ain't right. doing that. We ain't doing I ain't that. always in my feelings. Nah, bro. nah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> Cause this man also he he liked to get out and have some fun. Tell me about yeah, addictive. What you, what's so, addicted about? <laughs> man, so addictive is about you. I mean, like you got that one person that you deal with that just like you just addicted to them. Like you just can't get enough of them. Like even if you feel me, they good for you or bad for you. Like you just you just can't get enough of them. Like you just keep going back to them, keep messing with them, whatever the whatever the situation is. That's pretty much what it was about. Hey man, no, I I heard the I heard the hook. I know it. That's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Anybody out there who who love, who got a who got a little female that they really into, and you know what it is. Let me tell yeah. you, bro, put addicted on. You are gonna be in there like this, then you are gonna be in there. You know what I'm <laughs> and I'm telling you, once again, great artistry, knowing how to take the truth of the matter, which is I have feelings. But I also have needs and putting them together in a way that we all can relate to it. And that's yeah. the sign of being a great artist, man. I, I really appreciate your music. I appreciate your beat selection. And I appreciate your honesty because hip-hop today is not honest anymore. How can we fix it? It start, it start with the youth. And just guiding the youth in the right direction and just telling the youth to be them. And not to be nobody else, not to imitate nobody else or anything like that, to walk in their own shoes. But people are scared of the youth. Elder people can't tell the youth nothing because the youth is crazy, disrespectful. They'll listen. But if you respect the youth, they will respect you. So why, is, so why is respect the one thing we're missing? Because some people don't want to give respect to get respect. They want you to respect them first instead of just you from me giving it. And it also... it. it it, it also ties with having love for somebody, whether you know them or not. You feel me? Just showing love. That's what we miss nowadays is love and respect. And I feel like if we have more love and, a, and less more negative or less more aggression, you feel me? Life would be in a better position than what it is right now. So then parallel thought. You make a song like Granny's House. You make a song like that, which is truth. It is respectful. It is what it is. But yet it's given to an industry that's not respectful, not loyal. And it's given to people who would rather chuck the record than play the record for the right reasons. How do you manage that as the artist when you're looking for respect of the ears of the people too? Uh, 
That's a good question. I am not going to lie to you. That is a very good question. I think me personally, like, I do music for me. Not to be, like, disrespectful, but I do it for me. I do it for my enjoyment. Like, I don't really try to base it to, like, satisfy a certain artist or a certain crowd or anything like that. I do it for, like, what I'm going through in the moment to release whatever pain or, you feel me, enjoyment of what what I'm going through, I do it in that moment. So, like, a song called Granny House, I was going through some things. I needed to get it off of my mind so that way it wasn't blocking me from my future or making decisions that I need to make to get in the right direction that I'm trying to go in life. So it helped take it off of my plate. So that's how how I deal with it. Yeah, I respect that, man, because, listen, as an artist, you go through a hard journey of getting people just to respectfully listen to you. People judge you by how you look. People judge you from how you sound. People judge you for how you walk. And they're like, I don't like it already. I don't like it. You know, that's the New York mentality, the Apollo shit. But then, as a podcaster, I deal with the same thing, too, because of numbers or who's on. And when it gets down to the truth of the matter, the real mess with the real because they have real insight and a real eye for what the truth is. Remember, see, it seems this whole thing has been going about the truth, right? And being truthful. Facts. Here's my one question I want to ask you in relation to the truth and being seen and being heard. What's the best and most realest truth you've been told since you picked up the mic? How do you continue that truth as you create music? The best, I think is like somebody just kept it real with me one time and just told me to always be me. Like they could tell like I was genuine in my music and that you feel me to don't change my style for nobody or don't change my cha- my style to try to fit in for tra- trends or nothing like that. And always do music from the heart. As long as you do it from the heart, you feel me, you always winning at the end of the day because like you put, you putting out pure love, you putting out good energy. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't think we got anywhere to go besides that. This is Karev Heritage Hip Hop talking with, let me go this way because it's reverse. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> Davis, one of, one of my favorite yes, artists I've met on Heritage Hip Hop. You still in Arizona? Yeah, I'm still I'm still in Arizona. I can't I can't leave Arizona until my kids get 18. That's when Yo, I can I can up and go. Salute the fatherhood. And since you brought up fatherhood, which was very important to this to this uh, interview, how does your music create a legacy for your children, especially with songs like Granny's Home and what you've been talking about when you talked about the experiences you had in life and you give it to them? Uh, it creates the legacy because it lets them know, you feel me, how life really is because they're young right now, so... You feel me? Like, they understand, but they don't understand. So, like, let's say when they get to, like, they 13 and 15, they can go back and revisit the music and listen to the music and be like, dang, I didn't know you went through that, Pops. Or, dang, I, I didn't know this is what was like that. Or, you feel me? Stuff like that. So, it just lets them know, you feel me, how really reality was growing up for them. I respect that because, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. One of the hardest things in my life, personally, has been being able to give something away as a legacy. That's always been important to me, right? And for you to have your children and to give them something, not only cements your spot in their lives, whether they accept it or not, that's on them. 
but you gave them something that the world could testify of when it comes to you. Is hip hop is hip hop today a legacy, or is hip hop today just something that's being being that's being given? In your opinion, that's a little bit of both for me. Uh, a legacy, you feel me? That that's something that you feel me. That's always gonna be there. You feel me? When I pass away, and then you feel me, just being able to give it out to the people or give it out to my family. So it's it's a little bit of both for me. And I want you to hold on to that because you and a couple other people I met were, well, you already had your children. I've met people on here who became parents and I've seen the change in them. And I've seen people who got a little bit of fame, a little bit of glory, and they were able to give their children more. And I always big up the dads in hip hop because a lot of people characterize young black men as absentee fathers and we got the baby mama drama stories yeah the dead beats all of that yeah we got all that but there are so many men out here that bust their ass and do the best so that your children do have something i want to ask you this as we close out on this interview when did you realize your children listened to you your music and it made them proud it was actually, I want to say, like, probably, like, a couple, no, no I wouldn't even say a couple years ago, like a year ago, uh, we're in the car, and uh, I'm listening to another artist, and my oldest daughter was like, Daddy, can you put on some of your music? I don't want to hear this. So when she said that, and I put it on, and just seeing how she bobbing her head and vibing to it and receiving the words, that, that was probably my proudest moment right there. And you know what's funny? You're gonna relive that moment with people that are not your children, and I give you, I give you a lot of respect for that. So the Most High bless you, bro. I respect you. Appreciate for that. it. But now it's time for you to talk your shit. Listen, everybody. Denzel Davis is on Heritage Hip Hop, and he's gonna stand on his square, which means it's time for him to tell you who he is, where his music is, and how you can contact him. You ready for that? Yes, sir. All right, go. So I'm Denzel Davis. I'm from San Bernardino, California. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. You can find my music on all streaming platforms, Denzel Davis. You can find me on all social media platforms, Denzel Davis 909. And if you don't want to do any of that, I can make it simple for you. You can go to DenzelDavis.com and all the answers is right there. Short, simple, and to the point, everybody. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's how you know this is the dopest interview platform we got. So if you like what you see and you like what you heard, please follow Denzel Davis to get his music. And not only that, follow Heritage Hip Hop. Hit the like button. We have people in here. We got some comments. Thank you very much. But hit the like button so we can hit the um, algorithm. And please share this. I'm going to ask the artist to share this. And I want you to share this so we can get people out there knowing that Arizona got some hip hop. And this is the platform that y'all need to be on, Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. So without Facts. further ado, without further ado, um, you know what it is. You've been here before. Are you ready for the rapid fire questions? <laughs> you went by ass the last time, but yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Look, so what he's going to realize is that I don't ask the same questions twice. We have new questions, and the rapid fire questions are not yes, no questions. These are questions designated to show the strength the intelligence of the artists and the hip-hop culture they represent. I'm not even going all hard today. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give you 12 questions. We only got a couple. You ready to go? Let's do it. Who's your Mount Rushmore hip-hop? You only get four. Ice Cube, DJ Quick, 
Tupac, Nas. Now you did rappers. Okay. Who's the most important people in hip hop that are not rappers to you? Ooh. Mm. Damn. That are not rappers? Yep. Can they be singers? You you just doing artists on hey. Yeah, we're gonna have to get back to that. I gotta think about that now. Oh, he Damn. tapped out. Yeah. I got another yeah, one. You got me on that one. <laughs> okay, I got you on that one. Here's the next thing. When you get your big budget album, everybody always asks where do you want to collab, who you want to collab with, right? Well, we already know that. But when you get your big budget album, what is the thing that you want to make sure you have on there that people knows that you stand out apart from everybody else? Uh, I would say the big, the biggest part of like having a big budget album is the marketing for me. So I would really want to have top notch marketing. So you feel me? It can get to the people because I'm going to do all the rest of the work as far as the lyrics and the beat selection and writing the content and everything like that. I feel like that's going to be the biggest thing is the marketing and putting it in the right places so people can see it and gravitate towards it. Now, that's easily, that's just great. But you know something? Being a great artist is not only your music, it's how you touch the people and you leave, leave them with something. People have done clothing lines. People have done um, flash drives. People have done a whole bunch of things. What is the one thing that you want to give to people along with your music that makes them always remember you? What is your big thing that you want to do? Uh, it's definitely, it has to be, my uh what i stand for hustle and faith which is also my clothing line and uh by when i say hustle and faith i mean you gotta hustle hard but also keep your faith in god to get you to your final destination and get you to understand that it's a light at the end of the tunnel with anything that you're trying to achieve in life and nothing's gonna come easy you always gonna have hurdles that you gotta get over so you gotta hustle through them hurdles you can't let it knock you off your square Another question I want to ask you is, is there a resurgence of hip-hop in the West? Or is hip-hop still status quo to you as an underground artist looking to go mainstream? Uh, in some ways, it is. Uh, I still feel like it's a couple of hurdles that we got to get over once the tables turn where like people can appreciate real music. So once we kind of get, get out of this phase of like kill them, shoot them up, all of that stuff, once we get out of that phase, you feel me? I feel like then, you feel me? Yeah. I like the way you posed that because D1 had an issue with Rick Ross, Jim Jones, and Meek Mill. I even heard Billy Dance of MOP say, we're going to get to a, we got to get to a chance, a time where the battle rap even has to take the guns out of it and someone's going to whoop somebody's ass just lyrically being nice. What's the most impactful lyrical song that's not violent? that you listen to that gets you up to be a, a great artist? Uh, J. Cole, love yours. See how easy it is when you're really about this culture, ladies and gentlemen? You see that? And that's what I'm telling you. When you have a real artist on, you have you, they can answer these questions because they live this life. Hip-hop is a culture. It's not just what you rap about. It's how you live, breathe, think, dance, act, praise, and inspire. Well, not only your words, but what you do. So we get into the final question of this interview. Want to make a drop for Heritage Hip-Hop before I get there? Go ahead, man. Have some fun. 
Oh, you already know. Shout out to Heritage Hip Hop. Make sure y'all tune in. Make sure y'all share this as well. And make sure y'all follow Heritage Hip Hop. You feel me? Like, I appreciate for being on this platform. It's a blessing to have this type of platform because there's not many platforms out here like it. It's one of a kind. I can promise you that. Appreciate you. And yo, I love that rotten project. <laughs> Your rotten is my shit. Apollo is dope. Y'all gotta go get that. You know what I'm saying? I got my copy. Go get yours. I'm saying for real. All right? <laughs> no, I do. I got a copy, honestly. I got it. So I appreciate you, man. Yeah. So here we go with the last question of this interview. And I think this is the most important interview question I have for you. The last time I asked you was about you leaving a legacy 500 years in the future, right? Yeah. Let's talk about today. What does hip hop miss if you are never heard by people in the world? Me personally, I feel like it'd be missing how hard of a worker I am, how you feel me, anything you put your mind to, you can overcome, how I keep my faith in God and how I stand on what I believe and just keep it 10 toes and I'm, and I'm true to myself. The most important thing of it all. I'm true to myself. I'm not trying to be nobody. I'm not trying to imitate nobody. I can care less what the next person got going on. I'm focused on myself and just getting myself in the right direction. And I feel like when people hear that, they can focus on themselves and get themselves in the right direction. And you feel me? Just fine tuning it from there and just passing it down for generations to come. I thank you for that answer, but let me add to it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't listen to Denzel Davis's music, you're going to miss sincerity. Because a lot of people can give you truth, but it doesn't mean it's sincere. And sincere truth is the element that makes passion come to life. People who read the Bible read it because the words come to life. People who read comic books read it because they want to be the hero. That's a sincere feeling. And when you get good music sincerely in your heart, not only can you feel it, but it points you to the direction of something to do better or to in a way to be better. And I thank you for making your music because it's so sincere that only a, only a dead fool couldn't feel what it is to overcome, to survive, to appreciate, and to give hope. And I thank you for your hope that you've given to us through your music. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. For real. It's humbling. So for everybody out there watching Heritage Hip Hop, we thank you. Make sure you subscribe to Heritage Hip Hop on all social media. Follow Heritage Hip Hop on YouTube. Follow HeritageHipHop.com. And Heritage Hip Hop is on streaming media. So this interview is everywhere. Make sure you, if you listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, wherever, you give us a like, give us a review, and make sure when you finish, you go get his music. Because listen, Addicted is out right now on streaming. Um, Apollo's out right now, so is Muzzy Bogues and all that. That's out there. February, when Granny's home come out, you're welcome. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So, Thanks. with that being said, Denzel, Karev, Heritage Hip Hop, peace, and we out. We thank you for listening to this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We are more than music. We introduce you to your future favorite artists today while celebrating the people who celebrated hip hop, founded hip hop, and we live this culture which is in front of us by protecting it with good conversation and sound philosophy and belief. 
please, we ask that you subscribe to Heritage Hip Hop on all social media at Heritage Hip Hop. Follow the Heritage Hip Hop on YouTube and wherever you're streaming this, be it Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever. Please give us a like, follow, subscribe, share, and a review. If you'd like to donate to the Heritage Hip Hop platform to be sure that this platform continues and grows, please, we ask that you donate to Dollar Sign Heritage Hip Hop on Cash App so that our platform may grow and prosper and represent you, the people that make hip hop great and what it is. This is Karev of Heritage Hip Hop saying thank you for your time. Look forward to more. Peace. And I'm out.